Good morning. It is time for Sunday Morning Alive. Right here on our website, I am Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. And I have prayed over this message today uh, that God would use me as a vehicle to bring counsel and courage and comfort to His people. But we can't get the courage and the comfort unless we receive the counsel. That's why Jesus was called the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Wonderful Counselor. And that's what He told the church that that needed His counsel so desperately that actually had a testimony, the church of Laodicea. Uh, I'm rich and increased with goods. I don't need anything. And He said, I counsel thee. And he began to tell them what they really needed, what their true condition was, and how to fix it. Praise God. Well, they're looking for a way to fix what's going on in our world right now, in our country in particular, of all the nations of the world. There are other nations that don't want any one of us coming there right now, because there is so much sickness in our country. And the reason for it uh, is clear to me in Scripture. The, the, and the antidote for it is equally clear in Scripture today. So what we want to do today is not, not just try to bring false comfort uh, by crying peace when there is none, but, but achieving true peace with God as Christians and as His true covenant people so that we can do something that will change everything. Thing because God is Almighty God. Amen. Listen carefully to this message today. I pray you will join me because there's a song that says uh, there's power in the name of Jesus. And one of the lyrics I love, it says, God is raising an army up. God is raising an army up to break every chain, to break every chain, to break every chain. Well, the message today is who will stand in the gap? Who will stand in the gap? If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Ezekiel 22 and verse 30. And God says, And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found none. It goes on to say that he brought judgment and allowed it to come into the land, but he was looking first for someone who would stand in the gap and make up the hedge. I want to talk about this in a moment, but let me just stop with the first part of verse 30, and I sought for a man among them. Listen, God has decided to work in concert with His covenant people. God has decided to to operate in heaven with us on earth, working in tandem and in concert and in full cooperation. You know, the Bible speaks of being given the keys to the kingdom. That what we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. What we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So just asking God to do something while we do nothing is not going to change 
anything. It never has, and it never will. Amen. There's no need in delegating authority unto us as God's children if God is going to do it all. We don't need any authority. There's no need calling upon us to pray, uh, to intercede, to stand in the gap, if you please, if God is going to do it all. And this attitude, I'm going to let God take care of us. I'm going to ask Him to just take care of everything without getting personally involved as a Christian is a misunderstanding of how spiritual authority works. Actually, if we would put that in perspective about the keys to the kingdom, it would be what I have already bound in heaven. You bind upon the earth. Whatever I have willed in heaven, you operate in that will and enforce that will upon the earth. If I say that mountain is in the way, I want it moved. You say to the mountain, not to me, but to the mountain, be thou removed. You see, spiritual authority is given the church. Someone said it very clearly, and I agree wholeheartedly. The church, speaking of the body of Christ at large, is weak and anemic because she lives below her privilege of power. I'm going to add to that, not only our privilege of power, but our responsibility, our responsibility to operate that authority, to get the will of God done down here like He wills it from His throne. Listen to me carefully. We're even supposed to pray, aren't we? Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name, Thy kingdom Come, there it is, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. What I have willed from heaven, you enforce upon the earth. You declare upon the earth. You intercede and call upon me for in the earth. Praise God. God is looking for someone to stand in the gap and make up the hedge. What does standing in the gap means? There's a clear visual picture of someone interceding to protect someone. An obvious application is the protective wall that surrounded one of those ancient cities. If there was a breach in the wall, enemies could enter and attack the people. But troops stood in the gap and would be able to protect the opening and repel the invaders. This provides a fail-safe against harm when the primary defenses are breached. In a small gap, they would get their mightiest warrior, if it was just wide enough for a single file uh, line to come through, one mighty warrior slaying the first people that tried to come through would strike fear into the rest of them. If he needed help, he would call for help. He would would sound the trumpet uh, as well as wield the sword and help would come but in a large gap they knew it would take many troops standing together shoulder to shoulder to to guard that gap until that breach was repaired you know in isaiah 58 and verse 12 speaking of the chosen fast It says if we will move into that fast that God has chosen, that He will honor, 
They were complaining that God wouldn't hear them, that they were fasting and He wasn't responding. And He talked to them about their sins and their transgressions. And He actually told the prophet, cry aloud in the beginning of Isaiah 58 and spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet. Listen, friend, and show my people their transgressions and the house of Jacob their sins. He said, you get it right. You get right with me, and I'm going to hear when you pray. You get right with me, and I'm going to move when you fast. And when you fast and pray, you're going to see mighty things occur. But it all begins with a message of repentance and a response to that message from God's covenant people. Praise God. But when you get it right, verse 12 of Isaiah 58 says, And they shall be of thee that shall build the old waste places. I want to stop here. Many times when we pray for revival, we want to sit on our lees. <laughs> you know, we want to sit in our, in our, in our easy chairs watching television while God begins to move in the earth and God convicts. Listen, and they shall be of thee that shall build the old waste places. Thou shalt raise up the foundations of many generations, and thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach. That's what happens when we qualify and we stand up so we can stand in the breach. Thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of paths to dwell in. Praise God. You're familiar with this scripture, part of it. I want to put it in context and see if it doesn't fit us today. Second Chronicles seven, twelve through fourteen. Verse fourteen says, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves, many, many scholars believe this involves fasting and praying, not just praying and feasting. Amen. Listen to me. If they shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then, then, not until then, but then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and then I will heal their land. Let's put it in context, Second Chronicles seven twelve through 14 And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night, said unto him, I've heard thy prayer, and have chosen this place to myself for a house of sacrifice. If I shut up heavens, and there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people if my people which are called by my name amen you know what was happening in ezekiel when he was seeking for a man see if this doesn't fit today see if it isn't very very clear god is condemning the israelites for their sins in verses 23 through 29 of ezekiel 22 and 30 these are the preceding verses it says that they had defiled the articles of the temple, disregarded the Sabbath. You say, we're not under the Old Testament command uh, to, to keep a Sabbath. No, we're not. 
But the early church says, even though He does not demand it of us, He deserves it from us. We shouldn't be so caught up in gain and making more money that we do not take a day and say this is set apart for the worship of God. Amen. <laughs> Something to, to, to really signify that we are God's children. We're not, we're in the world, but we're not of it. Our values do not match their values. Uh, you know, I, I like Chick-fil-A sandwiches. I love the fact that it that 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 they are closed on Sunday. And they say our people don't have to worship, but that's up to them. But they can spend it with their family. But we're closing on Sunday to honor our Christian faith. And and all of their advisors have told them, and it's on record: you're losing multiple millions of dollars by closing. On Sunday, you could be open and making so much more money. They have a value system that says something and someone in particular is more important to us than all of the wealth. And by the way, they are very prosperous, very blessed, very persecuted, but there's always a line at the Chick-fil-A because God is blessing them for honoring Him. Praise God. They disregarded the Sabbath. Their rulers had grown wealthy. You can read this in the preceding verses leading up to God looking for someone to stand in the gap. Their rulers had become wealthy at the expense of the poor. Is that not exactly what has occurred, not only in our nation, in, in, the, in the financial world, but is it not the same that is happening in many segments of the church where there are ministers that are wealthy beyond, beyond Hollywood or anyone else because they are telling the poor that if you will do this, God will do that. They're actually lying to God's people. And many people are hurt. And the cause of the kingdom has been hurt when people are growing rich at the expense of the poor. They had extorted and robbed foreigners. They oppressed the needy. And their false prophets had placated them with misleading messages of hope and forgiveness. They were, they were just whitewashing the need for repentance and true restoration. Listen, if I go to church, I want to leave that church after the worship has been unto God and the Word has been preached uh, with authority and, and with integrity. Hallelujah. I want to leave with truth ringing in my ears from someone who will lift up their voice like a trumpet, cry aloud and spare not. Don't look at me to see if I'm amening or grinning or giving more out of my wallet. Look, look at me as someone that needs to hear God's Word and heed God's Word. Praise God. I don't have time to play church. I never have had time for that. I'm going to tell you the false prophets crying peace when there is none are of no good 
to help us in the time of crisis, in the time of need. We need to hear from God. And we need to hear someone speak as a trumpet sounding. That isn't about the volume of the of raising our voice with passion. Trumpets were used in the Old Covenant in particular to tell people when to come together, when to gather together for war, to celebrate certain events, to to announce the king is going to speak. There would be the sound of the trumpet. Trumpets were used to give God's counsel to God's people. Amen. Listen carefully. When Jesus comes, what's going to happen? The trumpet is going to sound. Amen. Hallelujah. So we need ministries today and ministers in particular today that will lift up our voice and give a clarion call to God's people. Amen. To give a word of distinct direction from the Word of God that we might hear it and that we might heed it so that when God looks for a man, He doesn't find just one. Amen. Because the gap is not narrow. It is wide and getting wider. We need an army. That's why I like that song so much. Amen. That Jesus will break every chain. And He's raising an army up to break every chain. Jesus will set people free. Hallelujah. Jesus will move in a mighty last day in gathering before His coming. The Holy Spirit is mighty to move and convict and convince of sin. Hallelujah. That we might repent of sin, be truly saved, be sealed with the Holy Spirit, and be kept by the power of God until Jesus literally comes. Oh, friend, I'm going to say it again. If I'm in a service, I want to leave hearing truth ringing in my ears. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Sin always creates the gap. Isaiah 59, 1 and 2 said, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither His ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God. Now remember, this is the next chapter to Isaiah 58. Your sins have hid His face from you that He will not hear. I want to make sure. The New Testament was a given. This very scripture, it was just a given. They just knew this. We don't seem to get it today in our liberal preaching culture and our liberal hearing culture today. We don't want to hear the message of repentance. We certainly don't want to heed it. But how desperately we need it today. Sin creates this gap. Because the Lord's hand's not shortened that it can't save. Neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. Now, I don't know about you, but that gives me a holy incentive to search myself. David did that, didn't he? He said, search me. I'm not even qualified to do it on my own. I want you to look in my heart, to go deep into my life. If there's an unclean way, show it to me. Why? 
so that he could repent of it and be restored from the, from, from the consequence of it. Praise God and be able to pray effectively. Sin creates the gap. Standing in the gap delays judgment and gives a space and an opportunity for repentance. When God determined to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah because of their sin, He let Abraham in on His plans. Abraham pleaded with God. He stood in the gap. They were wicked, but he stood in the gap. You see, in order to stand in the gap, you've got to be right with God, and you've got to know that God is a merciful God. Amen. Abraham pleaded with God not to destroy the entire city if a handful of righteous people could be found. And he interceded on their behalf as well. He initially asked God to spare the whole city if 50 good people could be found. And he bargained to 40 and 30 and 20. And God allowed him to continue to bargain with him until the stipulation was to find merely 10. And God said, if I can find 10 righteous... I'll spare the whole ungodly city. What a merciful God that we serve. I'm going to tell you something there. One scripture said in the Old Covenant, unless there had been left unto us a very small remnant, we had, we had become as Sodom and Gomorrah. If there wasn't a righteous remnant left here in America during the perilous time we're in, during the falling away that is occurring, during the, the, the terrible, terrible of false doctrines and false prophecies and false prophets, people are re rebuking this virus in the name of their faith and still if calling the faithful to repent of our sin and to stand in the gap by the way the people that are rebuking the virus the virus got worse after they rebuked it it didn't get better. It, we're dealing with God, not some organism that we have authority over, not some bacteria that we have authority over. I believe if God stands up, if we stand in the gap and God stands up, this thing will abruptly stop without finding a cure or a treatment. Because because God is almighty and God is in control, but God is looking for a man and I believe the church, the true church itself, is that man. Because the church is the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, when I first read that, and I'm talking fast because our time is fleeting. I thought Jesus is the man. Jesus is the man. He's the mighty warrior. He's going to stand in the, he's standing in the gap for us so that we can qualify to stand in the gap for America. He's standing in the gap for us so that we can intercede and stand in the gap for our loved ones. He's standing in the gap for us that we might stand in the gap and make up the hedge. He is our great high priest that ever lives to intercede for us that we might what? 
be a kingdom of priests unto him and stand in the gap and make up the hedge so that his will can be done on earth as it is in heaven. Hallelujah. Praise God. Listen, sin creates the gap. Standing in the gap delays judgment. And it gives a space and an opportunity for repentance. And true repentance closes the gap, hallelujah, for us. And then we can begin to plead for mercy for the world and those about us. Listen to David's prayer of, of repentance and, and the blessing of it. Actually, the heading of Psalm 32 in my Bible says the blessedness of forgiveness. <laughs> Psalm 32, 1 through 5. Blessed, that word means happy to be envied, is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute iniquity, in whose spirit there is no guile. When I kept my silence, my bones waxed old with roaring all day long. For day and night, Thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into the drought of summer. Selah. I acknowledge my sin unto thee, and mine iniquity have I not hid. I said I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. Hallelujah. Blessed is the man whose transgression is forgiven and whose sin is covered. Repentance always brings restoration. Let me tell you what is happening right now in the midst of what is going on. I believe this scripture is so relevant to us today. Isaiah 33, 14-17. It says, The sinners in Zion are afraid. Fearfulness has surprised the hypocrites. Who among us shall dwell with the devouring fire? And who among us shall dwell with everlasting burnings? And this rhetorical answer comes. He that walketh righteously and speaketh uprightly. He that despises not the gain of oppressions and shakes his hands from the holding of bribes, that stoppeth his ears from the hearing of blood or violence and shutteth his eyes. Oh, come on. Somebody say amen. And shutteth his eyes from seeing evil. He shall dwell on high. His place of defense shall be the munitions of rocks. Bread shall be given him. His waters shall be sure. And then there's a reference to the Messiah and the coming of the Messiah. Many scholars believe in verse 17. Thine eyes shall see the king in his beauty. They shall behold the land that is very far off. That far off land in many, many of the scholars of Scripture said it's referencing, amen, the kingdom to come, the king who is coming, and the heaven. Hallelujah is that land far off, amen. That new Jerusalem is going to come down. 
It's going to be right here upon this planet. And it's going to be people who are walking righteously, speaking righteously, and who are living a life that is in contrast to this world about us. God is looking for a man, woman, boy, and girl to stand in the gap. I, I, I like what one man said about seemingly overwhelming circumstances. He said, I'm only one, but I am one. I can't do everything, but I can do something. And what I can do, what I can do by the help and grace of God, I will do. What I can do by the help and grace of God, I will do. I'm only one, but by the help and grace of God, what I can do, I will do. God said, I'm looking for one. I'm looking for a singular man. Can you imagine what could and would occur if the body of Christ came together? If we repented of our sins of commission and omission and we qualified together to stand in the gap and make up the hedge and that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, James, John, and Peter, hallelujah, would stand up and say, Enough! And begin to see a revival in a nation because there's revival in the church. I pray you'll stand with me today and intercede for revival in the church, revival in America, and a healing spiritually, physically, and physically in our land. And if you don't know Christ as your Savior, you must be terrified at the uncertainties. Come to Jesus today. Get blessed assurance in your heart, in your soul. Repent of your sin let Him embrace you. Let Him forgive you. Let God pardon you. And then God will keep you until Jesus comes. And come back next Sunday for Sunday Morning Alive.